Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what, what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Katie Flower. You may beat me, but you will not outwork me. Tim Torch. There's only one winner, Chad. Find their written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to Under the Helmet, looking at some long-term player value in fantasy football. We've got Katie Flower here. I am Chad Parsons of UTHDynasty.com, and we are finishing up the series. Going to move onward to Senior Bowl coverage. Got Katie down in Mobile for next week, covering the Senior Bowl. And we got tight ends, State of the Union. Where were we in 2021, and where are we going in 2022 with this position? You can look off the last three, four, five weeks. Uh, you can find quarterback, running back, and wide receiver discussions of this uh, of this ilk. And the first thing I wanted to ask you, Katie, because tight end a lot in Dynasty is about the have and have nots. But I also feel like this is going to be a pretty rare free agency class. Could be in a good or bad way because the that 2017 draft class. With the first rounders of Evan Ingram, OJ Howard, David Njoku, they're all free agents, all slated free agents. And I would think in all three cases, it could be really great news in terms of there's reasons all three of them have kind of mired and with, with their current team, current situation, they produce some, but not recently. And so what's kind of your, your handicapping of which one of those can turn it around, have a tight end one season in the future? Is there any of the three that you don't hold out hope for? Because that was a lot of pedigree. I remember all of them going late first round of rookie drafts in that maybe nine through 15 or 16 zone um, at worst, because that was a lot of pedigree and a lot of athleticism coming out in that class. And frankly, they've, they've uh, suboptimal in terms of uh, those expectations. Absolutely. Um, I think if I had to put a dart on one of them, I would go with Evan Ingram over Joku and uh, Howard, they've all had lost opportunities just as much based on team as learning the NFL game. But I think that Ingram is more of that move tight end, can play that big wide receiver in a tight end body. For if, if he gets with the right team and the right opportunity, I think he has a the biggest upside. Yeah. As a, as a pure receiver. Um, and I, I still remember all the talk was David Njoku was oh raw, super raw coming out young and we've seen flashes, but the fact that they doubled down and I know they had, uh, they had a coach that, you know, two tight end sets and, you know, tight end is a critical position, but getting Austin Hooper on a big contract, and then could it be best player available? Sure. With Harrison Bryant, I get all that. But the fact that Najoku has not turned into a, a, a bigger option. And one thing I wanted to ask you about OJ Howard, if Rob Gronkowski was not brought back or brought into the Tampa Bay ecosystem there, would we be seeing, especially this year, um, a lot more receiving out of Howard? Because when I watch those games, he's just blocking, 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 blocking. Gronk is running some routes, but they want to protect Brady. They want to chip. I get all that. 
but he's been literally out there for a ton of snaps and a non-invisible factor there in in the passing game. And so Howard is the biggest of the three, the biggest mystery to me, because I understand, you know, a year ago he was coming back from a significant injury. It, it really derailed things. But 27 years old, round one pedigree, he did show some stuff, you know, early on. And I, I just, it makes me wonder because he's fallen through the floor. I mean, we're talking outside the top 30, 35 tight ends. I mean, I can make easy arguments for all three of these guys, but Howard, the cheapest of the three is one that I just can't get past of like, he has fallen so far from, you know, at one point being maybe top five, six, seven of the position. If you're in a league that has start to tight end, I would want to just completely stack the box with guys that haven't succeeded are way underrated guys like OJ Howard, guys like David Joku, guys like Evan Ingram, put them all on your roster. You're going to be able to get them later, yeah. deeper in drafts. Well, I'm especially if you get, get that one cornerstone guy, right? I mean, if you get, if you get one stable option, these are the types of profiles that you would, I mean, they have a lot more appeal and a lot more impact and profit potential in, in start two, because they can be weekly starters for you. Obviously the standard to be weekly viable is a lot higher in one tight end. And I think that's why you, uh, your first answer, your first response was focused around Evan Ingram. Cause I think, and I agree with you that he probably in tight end, one tight end has the best shot to be an impact or weekly play in that format where it's a lot more stringent. Yeah. I mean, let's face it outside of Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. And then of course, Rob Gronkowski, who is, pretty freaking old. Darren Waller is old. I mean, how much more juice do you think that you're going to get out of them? TJ Hawkinson is on the borderline of that, but outside of those five guys, the rest is a crapshoot and it's a weekly game. Fantasy football is a weekly game. Who do you think has the highest ceiling on any given week, any given Sunday? I think Evan Ingram has the highest potential on any given Sunday. I wouldn't want to start him every single freaking Sunday, but if I had the opportunity to know, okay, he's healthy, he's got a good matchup, and my other guys are on bye week, I got to go with somebody, mm-hmm. that's when I go with Evan Ingram over O.J. Howard, over David Joku. Yeah. But do I want to have O.J. Howard on my roster late, late as a value play? Absolutely. Um, I'm not giving up on him. A hundred percent. I'm just saying the tight end position, they're studs and duds, but the duds can still contribute on a weekly basis. You have to have, if you're start to tight end, you have to have a lot of depth, a lot of depth. <laughs> yeah, we know we're in a, a, what is it? Is it 16 team? Two tight end? Yep. Yeah. Right? So, right? so you, you need a lot of options. Jordan and I are in a 12 team, two tight end mandatory. And yeah, I mean, we have, 10 tight ends rostered, something like that. And right. you need lots of options. You need injury away guys, but these types of, of profiles are a lot more appealing the deeper you go. And, uh-huh. and I think you made a good point of startup drafts because if it's not a running back where you say, eh, let's see what happens, or maybe it's a free agent in some regard. And these happen to be free agents as well. But even in a one tight end format, if you're second or third guy, and especially if you're venturing close to 30 roster spots or more that these are the types of bets to make because they have a realistic chance of panning out. And, you know, I know Ingram 
I'm, we're talking to an audience that has plenty of Evan Ingram just in general. And so it's been a tough hold, but this is kind of th- gritting your teeth through the past couple of seasons, what you've been waiting for. Free agency, the Giants, let's face it. I mean, what worked this year? Not Saquon Barkley, not Evan Ingram, not uh, you know Sterling Shepard or Kenny Galladay or Kadarius Toney outside of like one or two games. Like what went right? The answer is nothing. It was an absolute systemic failure on a fantasy front on that team. And so for Evan Ingram to get away from that, finally, at least now, I think we're going to get more clarity because the team's going to sign him to be the starter or to be that offensive weapon. Even if there's another guy that blocks, you know, for, for tight end, he's going to see plenty of snaps and opportunities. And, and if you take the average of the other 31 quarterbacks, likely he's going to have a better quarterback than Daniel Jones. So uh, I just, if this does not work out, then I think we, we can start pointing the finger inward <laughs> right at Evan Ingram more so than, than outward, which I think there have been legitimate outward um, explanations for things, especially of late of the, as the Giants have been swirling the drink. Um, I wanted to ask you about Travis Kelsey because it, he's going now and it seems like it happened in literally one off season where, oh, tight end one, tight end one. And then we get now, it's it's January. We'll see how things change. And August startups might be a little different. But seeing a lot of tight end four, five, six out of them. Is that too cute with the age factor? Did Does age 32 differ greatly from 31 at the tight end position? And I didn't get the memo. Is So is Kelsey, is this just being proactive by the marketplace? Do you think the marketplace is uh, getting too cute here by moving them beyond all those names that, that you already mentioned? I would say Kelsey is tight end two. Okay. And so tight end four, there's not a whole lot of difference. It just depends on the value, the round difference. If it's a start two tight end, and that's where it really matters. If it's start one tight end, even with one and a half, two point PPR, that doesn't move the needle as much as being a start two tight end. But Guys like Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson, those are really the only ones that I would consider in that upper echelon for early in the draft. You can get guys like Dalton Schultz for a song, and he is a reliable – he's starting to turn into a very reliable – tight end one. And so if you have to start two tight ends, he's only freaking 25 years old. For example, Dawson Knox is another one. He's a good tight end two. He's 25 years old and he's a good tight end two, but yet he puts in, he puts up tight end one numbers. Dallas Goddard is another one. He puts up, Tight end one numbers, but you could probably get him as your tight end too, depending on where you go. Kyle Pitts is a is a riser. He finished the year tight end 10 on the year for average, but he's just a deer. He's just a baby doe. He was born on my birthday, by the way. Uh, that's good. So that's a good sign. Same, same year too. 
No. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but, uh, you know, that guy has exceeded what people thought he could do as a rookie. People were bashing him, taking him as 103 rookie in a tight, tight end two last year rookie draft. You're not going to get the return on your investment. Tight ends take forever. Well, it's a weekly game. How many weeks did he help you win your week? That threshold isn't very high for tight end right. to get into that right. auto start category. And exactly. He was an auto start even exactly. when he yep. did struggle. Yep. Uh, well, finished, so, so for Kelsey, I, I, I wanted to do a dramatic reading. This is the last okay. six years of, of adjusted points per game finishes for Kelsey. Two, two, one, 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 two. Right. So so pretty good. And he has a guy named Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball. Uh, So that combination doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Um, Now, I think I think the question or the, you know, the team building exercise you would do in a startup draft, I, I think I don't think I have a few trades here I, I was going to ask you about in a second, okay. but but I I think the you if you have Kelsey, there's not really a lot of looking around in the trade market you should be doing. Right. There's because, not a lot of because you have him. I mean, you have one of the halves. And if you trade him and get cute, you could end up being one of the have nots at tight end. So you got to be very careful because that could be like a five point per game, eight point per game swing. If you go out into the woods, and this is kind of like the NFL, if you have a quarterback or don't have a quarterback discussion, if you trade Kelsey away and let's say, oh, well, I have Evan Ingram and then I have, you know, somebody else and I'm just going to, you know, I I think they have upside, but I'm going to trade Kelsey away for help at wide receiver or a quarterback in Superflex or like you just say, I'm going to fix something else. I would just say, be careful because all of a sudden you can move from a guy that's scoring 15, 18 points per game to someone that scores like nine. And that's a big deal in a weekly lineup. And the big weeks he can provide, and you can tell me whatever AG is, but I mean, six years in a row, he's been an absolute wrecking ball. And situationally, not like this is this to me screams Tony Gonzalez, Jason Winton, Antonio Gates. Like you get to this point in their career and the age discount starts to come. And where are we headed? Next year he's gonna be tight end eight. Seriously, like the moment, like this is, this is the last year. I think he's like that borderline, you know, between that top tier of guys you feel really good about in lineups and then everybody else, it's going to be laughable next year at 33 years old. If he drops into the bucket of like, oh, he's going around, like, let's just say, you know, Pat Fryermuth doesn't have some massive breakout, like, oh, he's going around Pat Fryermuth and, uh, you know, everybody that, you know, oh, he's going around Cole Komet and, uh, you know, David Njoku and, you know, Irv Smith. And like, you're like, seriously, just because he's old, like he's still a rock star. Like, I think that's where we're headed in 2023, not to get ahead of things, but, um, so had, I want to go ahead. He had 10 out of 15 weeks <laughs> I know. In, in double digits yeah. where he could have won you the week at the position all by himself. Yep. And you cannot replicate that. Stud tight ends, I don't care what age they are, are so valuable because there's so much of a drop-off. When the other guys are scoring six or seven or eight points a week, 
and you're putting up 20, 30, 40 points in a week, that's huge. That's that's a running back. You're adding a running back to the tight end. Why is he not on a Tony Gonzalez track? Like, give me a good reason why he's not. Like, he's up there. He has eight tight end one seasons. Eight. Eight. Like, he's just... He, he's a churn out guy. Like, and if you draft him right now as tight end four or five, that's I mean, a bargain. The odds of like, even if you get two more seasons in the top three or four, two more, like that pays for itself. Right. The get cute factor. Oh, I got to take TJ Hawkinson. Look how much younger he is. And maybe it's my old age, Katie. I don't know. Like there's a, like he's finished. Hawkinson has been around, you know, tight end four, five, six, the past couple of years that doesn't move the needle as much as finishing one or two. We know the drop-off at that position. Now, obviously you can win that because you get younger, but you have to get good. The other thing is you have to be, at some point, you have to be as good for at least one season as Travis Kelsey for all those years to matter. Right. Because if you just get younger, but if you didn't get better or the possibility to be better, that's trouble. It's trouble. Two dominant years from Travis Kelsey. And that's going to be worth like five years of TJ Hawkinson or more, but it's not concentrated. It's all spread out. Right. You know, so you're taking Hawkinson out to the age of 30. Is he still playing at the age of 30? By the age 30, has he even shown the propensity to be on some high, high end track that the NFL is going to want him by that age or 31, 32? Like, the, the actual years need to matter. And when you're moving down from an all-timer to someone that it's not like they're on, like could, based on what happened in year one, could Kyle Pitts be on an all-time track? He could be. That's still, that's still way preemptive to say that, but he could be because he did something historic as a year one player. Hawkinson with a couple of top six or seven finishes in his first three years, is not super uncommon, especially for a first round tight end. So that doesn't really differentiate him as some high end career arcing player of like, oh yeah, he'll finish. T-. He's on the Lions too. Let's not forget. I, I just bring up Hawkinson, not to, you know, I don't, I-, I like Hawkinson, but I'm just saying like, I want people to think about whether it's a trade or a startup draft, the type of valuation choices you're making, because there is a difference between an absolute stud at any age versus you're good, but we don't know if you're going to take the the step forward. But to be the devil's advocate, we past history does not necessarily mean that they're going to replicate. Like, yes, Travis Kelsey has been the gold standard of tight end year after year after year, but Mark Andrews surpassed him this year. And Mark Andrews is much, less expensive than Travis Kelsey. He's also only 25. So would you rather have Mark Andrews? Well, Andrews passed him in cost too. So has he? Yeah. The, the one that the, the stuff I track. Yeah. I, I mean, haven't seen tied in two or three. I've seen Travis Kelsey still be okay. well, as it, much. It sounds like beyond pits. It may vary tied in two through four or five. And I just, so just don't be surprised if you get to, what round would it be? Maybe the the third round of a super flex draft. If oh three four tight ends, so I you know don't assume Kelsey is gone. You actually have to check and make sure because right. I know a lot of you know we're just used to we've been trained for half a decade 
that, oh, it's the first round or early second, he's gone. Well, that may not be the case. Um, I wanted to, so how about these trades? You mentioned Dalton Schultz, and I actually wanted to discuss them more in a minute, but Travis Kelsey for Dalton Schultz and a 22 first in Superflex. Now, I didn't see where it was, but the discussion point would be how high does that pick need to be for you to deem that a good exit on Kelsey or maybe a good buy on Kelsey? Well, I would say in the top six. Okay. Super flex top six pick. And you think that's a good, good Kelsey top six exit. plus top six plus Dalton Schultz is a good exit from Kelsey. Okay. Cause you figure probably a couple, I mean, no matter what you think of this class, probably a couple quarterbacks are going to be in that mix. There's right. going to be plenty of round one projected right now, plenty of round one wide receivers, probably a couple of running backs. So yeah, top six. Um, would you be fine doing it? The So uh, the other thing I would say is market value wise, now roster value and lineup value is a different thing. But I mean, Kelsey 12 months from now probably doesn't pull the pick alone. Right? Right. I mean, you might, it might be a late first and maybe someone lesser than Schultz. Right. So that's the, so this really, so this type of trade and a few of them I'm going to list out here, this may be your last chance to actually cash out on Kelsey. I still don't think it's a great idea. If you're, if you're again, a contender and you don't really have a tight end plan and you could be dropping way down at the position, but this does feel like the last off season, you can get a haul like this being 32 years old. All right. We got another one here. Travis Kelsey for Lamar Jackson and Superflex. I am not a Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that's why I'm asking. Right. Um, I think a lot of people would smash Lamar Jackson. They would. They would. Um, I'd want a little bit more. Okay. Well, the interesting thing I would say is if if you can get Lamar Jackson, shouldn't you be able to get someone like Dak Prescott? Well, would be what I would, well, no, I think they're similar values. So you may be able to just, you know, arbitrage this thing to a quarterback. Maybe you like a little better because you're probably in that. What mid you're probably in t- quarterback five, six, seven, eight range based on how this trade looks. So, uh, so I would, I would say just keep that in mind. Uh, and then what do you think about moving from Kelsey to Pitts? Uh, that one deal I found was Kelsey, Rondell Moore and a second for Kyle Pitts. Say it again. Kelsey, Rondell Moore, and a second for Kyle Pitts. That seems like an awful lot, but I oh, really I thought it seemed cheap to move to the clear, I mean, market-wise, the clear tight end one. Right. Well, I mean, Kyle Pitts, I love him, and you want to be staunch about trading him it depends is it a start one tight it's, end a, it's a start one, one yeah it's just start one. one with one and a half or two ppr uh i'm not sure on that okay i mean it just what what part the, gives you pause the the, the kelsey format. part or well no, no oh the the fact if it was too tight end you'd be all over it if but, it was too tight end i want kyle pitts i got you but if it's you just don't anything think other tight end then difference. i want the rest Okay, well, I just like I I like Rondell Moore, but I don't think that's like some pivotal piece, and I don't think it's, it's not a, a second. It's pivotal. not. It's Rondell Moore is not a pivotal piece. 
Okay. He's, I don't know that he's ever going to be anything. You just, you other just don't know why like you, you would do it. Hurt. It sounds like. Say it again. It sounds like you, like if you had Kelsey, you don't like to some degree, you're like, I don't really know. Like there's not as much of an incentive to do it. It sounds like what you're saying. Exactly. The, the cornerstone aspect, like, like just enjoy Kelsey, put him in your lineup. And when, when the, when the erosion starts, just, you can still hold on to him. If evaluation drops to a second, you can just hold on to him. Right. And the thing is, you don't have to go out and, and buy Kyle Pitts right now. Right. He's high. Shouldn't and you wait for something a, to happen, right? I mean, like an injury, uh, there a poor will be a play. Little, there they, will be. Yeah, they switch over like uh, someday to a quarterback. Different quarterback. A, yeah. All, and all of a sudden, you know, or guess what? If Pitts doesn't take a step forward this year, right? He, you said he finished tight end 10 or so. That right. If he does not get into that group, right? The top, whatever, three, four, wherever that tier is. That next he, one that everybody not enter, in the yeah, If he doesn't enter into that and literally like in the opening month of the season, right? There will be some opportunity that is not peak Jan, you know, off season mode of Kyle Pitts and then everyone else sucks. And, you know, you want to get Kyle Pitts and like, that's the drum beat and he's going two rounds ahead of everybody in startup drafts. And uh, like, that's where we are right now. So he's part of pretty roster syndrome, right? Yes. You got to buy, yes. buy Pitts when he goes an, a month without a touchdown, Matt Ryan gets hurt and they go into the tank or, you know, some ancillary factor to create there's, some semblance of a discount. Yes. There's yeah. so many variables between now bad. and September when the games actually matter. Yeah where you could still buy low on him, even in a six month period of time. Yeah. So no, I'm not a proponent of buying or selling Kyle Pitts right now at this moment. And I'm again, same thing with Travis Kelsey. Like even if you are a quote unquote building team, (laughs) right. You still need good players. Exactly. Travis Kelsey is a good player. And unless you can get a boatload for him, and well, now, I mean, and, well, I now's mean, not the time to sell Travis Kelsey, right? I mean, it's exactly he's he's an old tight end, not exactly the flashiest, uh, you know, flashiest uh, piece of jewelry in the, the display case from from January through week one. But you know what? He sure is flashy when you start setting lineups. So that might be uh, what I always tell people is like, hey, I, I don't plan on contending. Well, Kelsey might drag you there, so. I mean, start setting your lineup and see how the season goes. And right. you can always sell him midstream, but you at least took your shot. And you're like, eh, well, I don't really want to hold him into the next off season. Okay. I understand that. But you at least took your shot and you're, you're two and six and things aren't going well and beyond Travis Kelsey. And you're like, well, I, I think Kelsey producing, I can get, get something for him. So that's a different conversation than here late January. Yes. Um, you mentioned Gronkowski earlier as well. So he's got a few different factors going on. Tom Brady himself um, as a free agent, uh, possibly you know coming back, maybe not coming back. And the the buy sell line seems to be, you can maybe buy for a third, uh, you can maybe sell for a second. So how are you assessing Gronkowski in the the, the trading market if if that's sort of the buy sell line? When it comes to tight ends you're not going to get the value because of that two to three year window 
coming into the NFL, if you sell them for a third, what kind of third round tight end are you going to get? If you even expect to replace him, maybe you're deep at tight end, but still, what kind of player are you going to get in the third round of this year's draft? Maybe a late day two tight end. Maybe. And that's a big, huge maybe. I guess you're hoping for a a day three running back you really like. Right. So We're one of those mobile first-round quarterbacks. Tight ends like quarterbacks. Take a while. Not only do they take a while, but they age well. I would rather keep a tight end that's older and a quarterback that's older and let them ride off into the sunset on my team rather than sell them for a third-round crapshoot because that's what it is. In this year's draft especially, I think even second round this year is going to be a crapshoot. A lot of people are like, oh, this year's class isn't as bad as people think. (laughs) Man. TBD on that. TBD. TBD. (laughs) I'm going to be at the Senior Bowl next week, and I can't wait to see Sam Howell versus Phillips versus uh, Kenny Pickett. I'm looking forward. I'm so looking forward to it, Chad. Well, because, I mean, basically, Katie submits a a poor report, and uh, that's going to torpedo some of this, like, supposed depth of the class because there's a lot of notables there, and frankly – Sometimes the best picks in round two, round three of rookie drafts are you're hoping for strong pedigree, strong profiles, and guys you like at tight end and and quarterback because wide receivers are are tough bets there. And and running backs, you don't know. You don't know until they actually get all the way uh to their draft position and you know, don't get blocked on some depth chart, you know, that it's yeah. Uh so Quarterbacks will really be defined, uh, certainly in Mobile this year. Um, and okay, so you already answered this, but just to confirm, so is it Kyle Pitts and a significant tear break to everyone else? Is Mark Andrews within range of him? You alluded, and if you want to clarify with a quick answer, that two tight end, it's more about that massive tear break than it is in one tight end. I think Mark Andrews is the number one tight end. Okay. Kyle Pitts is number two. In all formats. In all formats. All right. There you go. Heard it here. Um, Dalton Schultz. Yeah. I like him a lot. He feels like a high variance play with free agency. Yep. Now, one thing I always say is if the player, you know, is in good graces with the team, they don't get out of town. Like it, most of the time it says something. If the team lets them quote unquote, lets them go, lets them get out of the building. He's had strong production in Dallas, but what happens if he leaves? I feel like there's a potential five-spot swing like up or down if he resigns versus getting the money somewhere else and a lesser landing spot, poor pairing with a quarterback, something like that. He's right around 10. I feel like there's an argument if he resigns with Dallas to have him at six or seven, but yet I feel... He's at seven right now. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I saw him at 10 someplace, but anyway, okay. Um, okay. but yeah, yeah. But I feel like, I feel like firmly in the double digits is applicable if he changes landing spots and it's like, uh, it's not quite Dallas because it really has been highly conducive for him there with the Cowboys. Well, here's the thing. 
you, you've got Dawson Knox, who has Josh Allen moving forward. You've got Dallas Goddard, who's got Jalen Hurts, who knows how long. Noah Fant could have Aaron Rodgers next year, especially if Sean Payton, who is now no longer a New Orleans Saint coach, if Sean Payton decides he wants to coach for Denver, you don't think that would happen? And, I mean, seriously, a lot could change if Sean Payton went someplace else. He didn't say he was retiring. He just said he was stepping away from the Saints. Well, step away from this mess. Right. So (laughs) if Sean Sean Payton goes to Denver and Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, don't you think that Noah Fant would then supplant Dalton Schultz in that top 7 to 10 range? Well, no offense, the one I can't figure out. Like, I, yeah, I would say I, mean, I don't, other like in the top eight to 10, I don't really, I, I feel like there's not a ton of variance at tight end right now between like ranker to ranker or site to site or whatever. But I feel like Noah Fant is the one guy where a lot of the analysis I did, and I know the situation stinks, it's murky as heck, but I keep thinking if they have a better quarterback, how does that make Noah Fant look? Jerry Judy, a lot of these, Cortland Sutton as well, these undervalued or undervalued profiles, I would say, of, you know, they've done something. Uh, they've looked the part at various points, but I think Fant would be that one. Like he, a first round guy that has done what he's done so far shouldn't really be valued dynasty wise as low as he is. Right. Yeah. And, I, and the situation is just as stinky. I totally get it. You got no quarterback to support all the talent they have on that offense. But Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> that would change some things. <laughs> That's all yes. I'll say. So there's going to be some cool off-season stuff, and it's going to affect some tight ends. But it's Schultz going, going to back to Dallas, I think that's uh, – that. again, I too many times I see people just assuming free agents are gone from their current spot. But we do this dance every February, every, every early March yeah. that yep. – they they get deals done. They, you know, there might not be urgency during the season, the year before they become a free agency. So when they get pressed and they get days away, a week away, whatever it is, deals get done. And a lot of these players, they probably don't want to go. You know, I mean, if they can get a market value deal from where they currently are, I mean, we're talking not to go beyond football, you, you have your, this is where your life is. This is where you live. Your kids might go to school here. Like right, your, right. Your, your spouse and significant other might have connections, you know, of, uh, you know, you know, in the, the local area that you've been for years, you know, especially if you're coming off of a rookie contract like Dalton Schultz is. And so I just, you know, to assume that everyone is going to like, Oh, uh, the jets offered me a little more money. So I'm going to take it. Like, that's not, like that's some players, I'm sure. Oh, I can get an extra million dollars a year. I'm taking it. Like, I don't care what team it was. I'm gone. But not every player works that way. And I just, more often than not, it's like you might look and like wide receiver, for example, this year, we see some like all-star cast of, of quote unquote potential free agents. But the number of them that actually get all the way to free agency and actually change teams with a new contract it's not as many as you're expecting right now. So I, I, that, I'm just using Dalton Schultz as a poster child for this. 
not saying he's he's definitely coming back or not or whatever, but just that more often than not, the ones that deserve it, they end up sticking around. I agree. Have you seen any startup drafts lately? Uh, two or three in the last two or three weeks. Why? So I'm just wondering, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, yeah. Gronkowski, Darren Waller, where are they going in comparison to Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson and Dalton Schultz? Well, Gronkowski's way after. So he's what? He's way after. Okay. Um, who who else? You know, the who's big... a tight end one off the board? Oh, Pitts. Okay. Pitts, Andrews, Kittle, Kelsey next, typically. Okay. Hawkinson, five. Waller, six. Something like that. So Pitts is a big projection, although it's it's not a unfounded projection compared to what he did this rookie if he season. Do, if he does build on that, he goes through the ceiling and he's untouchable. Right. I'm so not going to say he's, he's not untouchable now. It's still costly, but it's feasible costly. Yeah. But if he puts up like a, if he ends up going up to the tight end two or three or something, he's going to be ridiculous. Like, I'm trying to think back. I, I remember when Gronkowski and Graham, I believe it was, remember they, they both showed flashes. Yeah. No, well, Gronkowski had a better rookie year. And then Graham just had some moments. I think he had like four or five touchdowns. And then they both broke out and they just zoomed through the roof. Yeah. Even at one time, deservedly so, though. Yeah, and they become stable players for, you know, what was it, five to eight years of just a run for both of them. Right. So, right. I, I mean, so that's what happens, though. I mean, and basically, the only thing you have to add or change for Pitts is touchdowns. The dude had one touchdown. Right. If he scores right. six or seven next year, and he does nothing else different, I mean, he's right up there. I agree, a hundred percent. So, so that's the. So whether or not Andrews outscores him this coming year, like it's on, like if Pitts does that, then he's going to skyrocket even more than now, independent of the rest of the position. But what I'm trying to say is if you have the one a and you Mm -hmm. had to pay top dollar for the one a price, like Kyle Pitts, but you got the one B for a discount. Oh, and yeah. similar production, I think Mark Andrews is going to be that one B. And he's only twenty-seven. Ex- well, and he well, and he's been doing it with. He's twenty-five. Mark Andrews is twenty-five. He'll be twenty-six in September. Oh, okay. I have him at twenty-seven point oh. It must be. Yeah, he's not twenty-seven. Maybe he's twenty-six nine five or something. Um, he's twenty-five right now. I got you. So, but but yeah. So like, but and this is with questions about Lamar Jackson. <laughs> You know, right. as a but, pure passer. So, right, exactly. So, I think that Mark Andrews is one of those type of players that will succeed. Oh yeah. Regardless of who he's got throwing to him, doesn't matter how many first round wide receivers they draft. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Andrews is still going to keep doing it. Right. Yeah, but I, I, I just keep coming back to I, I think Kelsey's the play. Like it's just stacking up the position. When you tell me Kelsey is in the tight end four plus range, and then you say Darren Waller at six, let's say, I mean, those to me seem like the plays. I mean, maybe I'm becoming an uh, ageist in a in the opposite way of like, oh, thirty's not too old. Yeah, it's not too old as long as you are a strong producer. Right. Yeah. 
And those two guys are they're I mean, they're basically wide receiver ones for their team. So yeah. yeah. When you can get like if you stack up six guys and like, oh well, I can get the sixth guy. And can I replicate for at least a couple years the guys that are going ahead of them? Like seems like a pretty good deal. Right. All right. Uh, any final thoughts on, on tight ends uh, or you want to go off board with some of your final thoughts here? No, just final thoughts. I'm very, very, very excited about the senior bowl next week. Um, I'll be there for practices Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'm not going to be there for the game, but I'll be watching the game uh, with my boyfriend in Arkansas, but I'm looking forward to, meeting and interviewing Jahan Dotson. I really want to, I love that kid. Yeah. And, and I'm also, I mean, this is a very talented group of guys, but yet there's, there's a difference between uber talented, like for sure, sure thing, first round NFL draft versus, Hey, these guys are the best of the worst. Like the, like the quarterback class, I'm looking forward to seeing Sam Howell, Malik Willis, and Everyone Kenny Pickett. but Matt Corral is going to be there. Yeah, Right. All of them except for Matt Corral and comparing them to each other, their workout, their practice, their footwork, their hips, shoulders, everything that you look for, and just their hustle on and off the field, their leadership, all those intangibles that you don't get to see in, in necessarily in the games. I'm looking forward to that. Got to spin it back to back. Yep. Yeah. I mean, but overall between wide receivers, tight ends and running backs and, and quarterbacks, this looks like the deepest senior bowl that we've ever been to. Yep. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that, but I would also like to shout out to a new listener, John D California coworker of mine. We started talking about, you know, first we were on access control and different projects and things like that. And then we started talking fantasy football. And so John D, I hope you're listening. I told you I was going to give you a shout out. Here's your shout out, dude. Hope you keep listening. This is a great, fun, fun time. Off season in fantasy football is just as much fun as in season. So enjoy the ride. Thanks for listening. Excellent. Yeah. 2022 titles start here. It starts in January. Right. That's right. Starts all the way through uh, by yep. managing the entire off season and the setting the lineups and and, and everything. Being ready for your rookie reward. draft more than your opponents, all yep. that good stuff. Yep, having those uh, percentage point uh, advantages over your peers over and over again is what. It, can I make better decisions more often? Is kind right. of how it gets exactly. defined. And uh, and yeah, so if you are in the Mobile area, certainly hit Katie up um, on Twitter. Uh, we've met a number of people over the course of time at in Mobile, whether it's uh, folks that write for sites or record podcasts or just folks that are into fantasy football. Um, so it's a it's a broad, broad uh, world and space there. You can hit, uh, hit up on Twitter at FF underscore Skyler 399. I am at Chad Parsons NFL. Reminder about all the premium shows over at UTHDynasty.com. If you want even more, you want to hear Tim Torch on a weekly show. Um, as well as some some bonus content, uh, VIP chat that's over at patreon.com slash UTH. And uh, Senior Bowl week is here. And really, I know the Shrine game and a few other things uh, happen earlier in the process. We had declaration deadline. It seems like a while, but it's only been a week or so. Uh, we finally know who's in and out of the class. Um, 
But uh, the Senior Bowl really is uh, the start, official start of draft season. And that means the off season is upon us, like Katie said. So we're going to be here every week and every step of the way. So for Katie, myself, Chad, until next time, never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those benefits.